More companies are cutting ties with Russia. The US and the UK have said they're going to stop buying Russian oil and gas. Europe is looking at bond issuance to fund defence spending and moves to end a reliance on Russian commodities. Meanwhile, there's a glimmer of hope that there might be an end in sight, but don't hold your breath. And even if it happened, wouldn't Russia still be out in the cold? Wouldn't we still find ourselves in the midst of a John le Carré novel? Forever, perhaps? Plus, yesterday's NAB business survey and a look at what Philip Lowe from the RBA will be talking about this morning as well. It's Wednesday, the 9th of March, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. And we've got Rodrigo and Ivan on the podcast this morning. Uh, this morning, the US dollar has actually lost some ground today, a 0.2% fall in the DXY from a very choppy session. It was actually uh, a lot lower than that earlier. Uh, that's after an almost 3% rise since the 22nd of February, of course. Against that fall, a 0.5% increase in the euro, a 0.6% fall in the Aussie dollar, falling well below 73 US cents. And US stocks, well, a couple of hours ago, we were talking about how much stronger they were, but big Swings, three or four percent swings today on many of the indices. They were up until we headed towards the close in the U.S. But we uh, we ended the trading day uh, in the U.S. with a 0.5 percent fall in the Dow, a 0.7 percent fall in the S&P 500, and a 0.3 percent fall in the Nasdaq. In Europe, the Euro Stock 50 is down 0.2 percent. The DAX is pretty flat. Lots of movement in bonds. Yields are up uh, nine basis points for ten-year Treasuries, thirteen years for German bonds, and fourteen for ten-year gilts. Uh, what isn't switching direction is oil. WTI is up over 4%. Brent is up another 4.2%. It got over $133 per barrel today before pulling back sharply, then back up again. It's choppy as anything this morning. Uh, so why all this enthusiasm all of a sudden? Uh, and then why did it all go away again? Perhaps Nabs Rodrigo Cottrell can uh, explain that. He joins us from Sydney. Uh, so, I mean, until recently, it looked a bit like a classic risk on market, didn't it? Bonds down, yields up. VIX down, equities, well, they wear up. Aussie dollar down on a risk-positive moment. Yeah, well, Discussed. I mean, there, yeah. there was that as well, yeah. wasn't there? It's a bit of a payback to, to what has been happening in, in recent times in the sense of the Aussie not responding to, to the risk aversion and market volatility, but really sort of embracing that big, big jump in commodity prices. And uh, now that we're seeing a little bit of a cool-off, if you like, in terms of the... Uh, uncertainties, um, particularly you talk about the, 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 the Europe considering issuing joint bonds, so another round of European bonds, uh, in order to, to fund the defense and energy new strategy. And, and then there's also uh, events now in the past uh, couple of hours about, uh, President Zelensky in the Ukraine giving that interview and saying that the Ukraine is no longer uh, seeking a NATO, um, membership, uh, whilst at the same time, He's also opened the door to discuss some sort of living arangement for, for these two uh, territories yeah. that uh, Russia and has, that, has that taken. That was supposedly so, what, on Monday, the Kremlin had said, wasn't it? That if uh, if they didn't join NATO, if they were banned from joining NATO, if Luhansk and Donetsk were independent territories and uh, that everybody accepted that uh, that Crimea was a Russian territory, then the Kremlin might see that as the the, the way out of this. So uh, you know, and maybe that's the uh, yes. that's the deal. Although I do wonder. I mean, it, you know, can we can we take them at their word? But I mean, it is grounds for optimism. And so you think that's reflected in the markets a bit today? Well, it's certainly certainly when when the, the, the news hit the screens, mm. we've now seen the equity market in the US moved higher. Mm. 
Um, and then, um, and as you say, now the euro had popped a little bit earlier because of the euro, the European bond news, and now popped a little bit more on on those on those news. But as you say, the market remains volatile. Um, you know, we've now, as we speak, we are also seeing the equity market uh, turn south again. Uh, and, the, and the euro is also losing a little bit of ground. But certainly within the volatility that we've seen, there's been an improvement in risk appetite as we've seen a little bit of an improvement in equity performance and, and the hopes on, on, on particularly on the, the story in the Ukraine. Now, it's worth highlighting, as you say, that um, one of the demands that uh, Putin also put in addition to all of this is the demilitarization. So it's unclear as to how exactly what, what, he, what he wants. Does he want the Ukraine not to have any arms, mm. for instance, or... What, what exactly that means. But certainly, um, it's, um, and, and, and it's, does it, it's there's, does, there's an opportunity for dialogue here that hasn't been yeah. uh, before. And, and is that going to apply to other countries that are bordering Russia as, as well, uh, which seems unlikely. That's right. It particularly seems unlikely, given that those bonds that you're talking about, which has been discussed, there's a, a last-minute summit, which is being a sort of informal summit that's being held uh, on Thursday in Versailles, uh, to come up with a plan to uh, basically splash the cash on energy and defense spending so you know uh you know upping the game for defense with within europe which is exactly what russia's not going to want to hear but really what do they expect i mean that you know you, you feel like they're poles apart on this don't you really but um on the on the on the other side though this removing this dependence on uh on Russian energy, which he's not going to like either. But I mean, that's the, I guess this is sort of like, it's probably going to go in the direction of the, you know, the green bonds that everyone's been talking about. That other, that other thing that we all contend with and Sydney siders are very aware of climate change. Uh, so maybe the EU is going to spend big on, you know, on, on alternative energy. If it, maybe that's going to be part of the plan this week. Well, I think that um, so it's a couple of sort of observations to make. One, in terms of what is going on here, there, there's, there's a clear, issue here that Europe is certainly more exposed to all this um, dependency to, to Russia. Mm. And, and certainly there's an urgency from their side to, to, to make sure they do something about it. So um, that is a very important drive in the sense that, um, you know, we got to remember this is a union of 27 countries. Um, it's almost like hurting cuts at some point. You know, it's very difficult for them to reach compromise. Uh, but given the, uh, the severity of the problem, yeah. There's certainly this argument that things can happen a lot quicker. There's a common, en- Remember common the enemy. Remember the European yeah. Recovery Fund took forever yeah. to, to, to agree and the, the discussions around the, even the size and so on. So um, at the moment, the, the first point to make is that is, uh, the French, um, the Fra- France is, is in charge of the, the European Commission uh, agenda. So they need to approve whether this is part of the agenda on, on Thursday. Now, there's certainly... Um, you know, the expectations that they have to, because yeah. there's really an imperative to do so. So that's the first step. That second is to, you know, discuss exactly how this is going to happen. And, and this is obviously not going to happen or not going to conclude, um, on Thursday. But the most important step between now and the end of the week is that this is tabled as an option of discussion or point of discussion. And then obviously it takes off from there. Well, I mean, it, there's, now, def- there's the- defense spending they've got to come up with. So they need money for that. There, there is this, you know, moving to alternative energy sources. They've got that short term. They've got two million refugees so far, uh, which have, have spilled over the border. There's money needed to, to feed and house all these people as well. So there's a bit of impetus required in all of absolutely, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then um, the, the other thing to note as well is that, um, you know, from a market perspective, uh, even if the dust settle, hopefully it does settle pretty soon in terms of all this tension, is, it, you know, a lot of question marks will remain in terms of Europe's uh, exposure to all of this. So 
um, for the European economy to perform, for uh, the market to be incentivized to invest in Europe and, and for the euro to start heading higher, this is very important. You know, you need to have some reassurances that something's going to change. Um, and, and if they is, uh, and, 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 as, and this isn't, I mean, this sounds like this is a lot, you know, this isn't, if all of a sudden uh, Moscow said, that, that's it, we're out of here, we're happy, those four points have been met, war's over, let's give peace a chance. Uh, those uh, those bonds are still going to be issued, you'd think, by the EU, because they, they, you know, they still want to invest, they still want to re- remove that reliance on Russia, they still want to invest in alternative energy, they, they still want to up their defence spending. So those bonds are still going to be issued. So what does that mean? assuming they get this plan going, uh, because are they going to be sold to banks in the open market or is the ECB going to have to get back into buying up bonds? I mean, how, how's, this, how's all that going to play out? What's that going to mean for bond yields in Europe? Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's, there's still a fair bit of uncertainty. And I, and I would add that to um, Putin's demands as well. I mean, Putin said if a couple of days ago, you know, they threatened to cut the, 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 the supply of gas to, to Europe. So why not put a demand and saying, well, then you need to guarantee me that you're going to keep buying my gas. Otherwise, I'll cut it off today. So there's leverage there from 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 Russia. So um, I, I wouldn't put it past them that they will use that leverage to make sure that they secure, um, you know, the, uh, a buyer, if you like, over the long term, rather than um, uh, seeing Europe move away from them. Meanwhile, so, in the short term, well, the US is saying they're going to ban oil. They're going to vote on it later today, I think. Uh, it's not going to make a big difference. I was looking at the OECD database. Uh, it's a couple of years out of date, but it, it's great for seeing who's exporting what to where. And it showed mineral products accounted for 60 percent of Russia's exports. Only three percent of those went to the United States. So uh, obviously Europe is a lot more dependent. And Germany, uh, as well as importing a lot of oil and, and gas, they also export a lot of cars, machinery, pharmaceuticals to Russia as well. UK exports about one tenth as much as Germany does. The US exports uh, about a quarter. So really, in and out, Germany is the one that's uh, that's very exposed in all of this. So uh, you can understand uh, why they are reluctant to cut their hands off, I guess. Uh, meanwhile, uh, look, the latest go, go, go chain or go company to, to stop operating uh, in Russia is McDonald's. They're closing 850 restaurants. So a bit more self-sanctioning. I think 9% of their total revenue comes from Russia. That's a big deal. It is. It is. It's also a temporary measure, which is similar to sort of the, what the Germans have said in terms of the, the cut of supplies and so on. They also said it's only a three-month measure, you know, so... Definitely more controlled and, and uh, leaving the door open to some sort of reopening, if you like, if, if things improve. Now, I want to go to Ivan in a second. Just one question before we do. Uh, it's not obviously not just oil that's rising. We've got a, a, all commodities rising. We've had this short squeeze on nickel, which has saw the price get over $100,000 a tonne. Is that right? A 250% increase in, <laughs> in two days? I mean, this is so, so trading has been stopped on the London Metals Exchange because of a short squeeze. I, is this, isn't this the time that central banks and governments start putting Putting a ban on short trading just to try and keep things a, a bit more contained. Well, I suppose the, the LME has done that for for us. They they stopped the trading mm. on that in order to to pacify things. And importantly, they also actually cancelled some of those trades that that you know were marked at that, those extremely elevated levels. Um, very conscious of, of the margin calls that uh, many of the uh, sellers uh, of those switches were were exposed to. So. Um, I think overall, what, what we've seen here, or a reminder of all of this, is that 
even you know once it's that the dust settled, um, many of these commodity markets are ex- extremely tight at the moment. So the, these supply concerns are not going to go away once you know we see a sort of hopefully uh, uh, some sort of peace agreement with between the Ukraine and Russia. So it's 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 still a reflection of, of basically too much demand and not enough supply, and 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 this is something that we need to. You know, eventually try to learn to adjust with it, either through intervention or, or the market has to do it itself. And, mm. and it's still potentially a very painful process. Well, let's look quickly at the NAB business survey yesterday for February, just bring it uh, back onto home turf just for a little while with Ivan Cahoon. Uh, this, this was all taken, of course, before the, the survey, before, before the invasion of the Ukraine started. Uh, so, you know, a word of cushion on all of that. But what did it show, Ivan? Uh, what it showed was the economy bouncing back fairly well, but not fully at this stage from the Omicron wave. Uh, so we saw confidence jumping from uh, index level of 4 to 13. That's, that's a very good level. Uh, the sectors that are most confident are mining and manufacturing. But we did see reasonable bounce backs in retail, transport and recreation and personal services. But when we look at the con- conditions measured, um, they weren't fully back to uh, to normal. Rec and personal services was uh, still a bit weak and actually negative, and transport was quite weak. So there's a, a bit more to go in both of those sectors, but it was a, a good indication uh, that the Omicron wave had passed through the economy without too much um, yeah. effect. And better than most, obviously. So, But what about prices, the inflation effects? What did the price and the input cost measures show anything they're very very elevated so input costs were up 2.7 percent this month 3.3 percent in january 2.7 percent in december those are quarterly rates but they're very very elevated uh, rates of uh, input cost um, pressure Uh, and we're seeing those passing through into retail prices so uh, retail prices were up 2.1 percent at a quarterly rate for both of those measures, they've been very, very elevated over the last nine months. They've been um, accelerating more recently and they're the highest since 2008, 2009. So that is a, uh, you know, something that we're seeing around the world where we're seeing inflationary pressures. And we have a Reserve Bank which is being very cautious despite all of that. So is that going to change? Do you think, what's, what's the latest thinking on the RBA? Well, we've changed, we've brought forward our interest rate uh, of our timing of the first interest rate increase. We previously had that in November. We've now got uh, the first move occurring uh, slightly earlier in August. Uh, The story there is firstly the economy is still performing pretty well. Uh, The unemployment rate we expect to be below 3%, again well before the Reserve Bank's latest forecast. So We think that will be below 4% in March. And we also think the CPI is going to surprise the Reserve Bank's forecast again uh, for the reasons I've just spoken about, about input costs and those input costs being able to be passed on mm. in the form of uh, higher retail prices. So can they keep with that patience word that they've been using for the last few months? We've got uh, Philip Lowe uh, talking this morning, very uh, early this morning, actually. So, Rodrigo, I mean, what is he going to say? He can't keep on talking patience, can he? Well, it's an interesting one because I think he, there's the sort of two aspects that he, first of all, the, the title of his speech will be Recent Economic Developments. Oh, now, always in terms the, of the, the great headline writer. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so in terms of that regard, that, that would be that question in terms of what is the impact that we've seen coming from, 
you know, the, the invasion of, of the Ukraine and the sanctions that have been imposed and the huge rise in commodity prices and, and, and turmoil overall. But is, um, but that, is he going to stick his neck out and say anything or is he just going to... Well, my that? sense is that um, uh, very, very much along the lines of Fed Chair Powell that they have to acknowledge that this is a risk. Um, that they mm. need to be open-minded about it and uh, flexible. Uh, and flexible. That's right. And now, yeah, well, and we're going to have to leave it there, unfortunately, because we are out of time. But I can tell you, we've also got China's CPI and PPI out later today. Uh, you know, if inflation is rising, it's still not going to stop the PBOC, is it, from uh, taking more easing measures because they've got that target that they want to hit. And uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about that on the program tomorrow. Uh, out of time for today. Thanks, guys. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow morning. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening.